Straw Hut Media. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a schoolgirl crush on you. And I'm not. Yeah, I didn't even like, do my eye makeup for you guys. But I like. Time. He's been doing all this promotion for his book. And it's like, I'm looking at our family calendar. It's like, oh, this podcast. Blah, blah. And I happened to look in the calendar. And I was like, what the fuck? You're doing Brandy Glanville's podcast? I'm in love with her. So I just wanted to say hi because oh, I think- Oh, hi. That's so sweet. I'm like, oh, we have a legitimate throuple finally because no one knew what it was when I said it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, you guys don't know what this is? Like, where yeah, have no, you been? No. Yeah, it's, it's- I mean, I don't, like, I, I don't know anyone that's actually in one. I've known people that were now talk about it, yeah. but I don't know anyone that's actually still in one, but we'll get into that. I don't know if Ryan's popping in. <laughs> I'll try. Oh, that's a cute shirt. I love it. I would just show you my boobs, but <laughs> that's they're, fair. Not, they're not great all anymore. Right, yeah. um, <laughs> all right, so we'll start, I guess, Ryan, get out. I'm getting out. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Ryan. From Straw Hut Media. <laughs> this is Brandy Glanville on the film. Hey guys, and welcome to Brandy Glenville Unfiltered. Hey, Rye, how are you? I'm good, Brandy. How are you? That is that your sexy radio porn voice? I'm good, Brandy. Are you okay? <laughs> That's my microphone. <laughs> I was talking. talking in- Did you like that one? I'm good. Well, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can do like a pterodactyl one. But I don't. Ah! <laughs> it goes in my ears. <laughs> Oh, well, we're here and we're queer and we are here. Wait, hold on. Yeah, we're definitely here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about before. Wait, tell me about Army Hammer, Brandy. <laughs> uh, this is the stupidest fucking thing. I, like I. <laughs> okay, so I woke up on. I went to bed on Super Bowl. Obviously, like I was talking to some of my friends and. We were saying how hot he was, but he was so vanilla before. Yeah. Yeah, he was like Mr. Perfect. <laughs> and then all I knew is that he was getting a divorce and that he DM'd some girls some stuff about BDM or something like that. And that right. he liked to barbecue. <laughs> and I just I like that he was like some he fantasized about cannibalism. That's all I heard. I don't think he's actually ever eaten anyone. I don't think so either. As far as I know, he's not in jail. I don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm curious when you text me because that's when I found out about everything that was going. I woke up the next day to like TMZ, E, all of these people like reaching out asking for. That's when you texted me. I wrote to everyone like I'm not sorry. I'm not fucking sorry. I'm joking. Okay. Well, let's (laughs) wait. Hold on. What'd you what'd you what'd you say? Let me pull it up. I said, "Oh, sorry. I go. I have two kidneys. You can have one of those." I was being an asshole. (laughs) I thought it was. You can't pull it up because I just I deleted it and I never delete shit. Oh, you deleted it. I was just saying how hot he was. Like I, we were saying, what part of your body we can't, we cannot say vagina. Would you let him eat in order to like have sex with him? Yeah. And we had some random shit. We were running out of shit, and I said he could have my rib cage. (laughs) And then that was it. And I was like, I'm tweeting that, and like you're so stupid. I'm like, no, I cares. And then I doubled down the next morning and said. I'm not sorry because, like, all I heard was he had fantasized about being a cannibal and cheated on his wife, which is the worst part of the whole thing. Yeah, and that's all I. What else is there? Like, honestly, I don't. Honestly, I haven't looked up into it either. I looked. I thought I couldn't find. 
wrong anything. So I, Betty called me and she's like, we need to make an apology. I go, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and she goes, yes, you are. And I said, for what? And she goes, you know, there's a lot of upset people. And I still, to this day, I, I'm sorry that people were upset, but I couldn't find anything online that said he abused anyone. Is that what they're upset about? Is there people he's there? He did abuse people. Yeah, I, we don't know. I, mean, we don't I don't know. know. But they said like he it's really rude of you to say that when people were really hurt and abused. I see. Jeez. I, don't, I don't know any abuse allegation, abuse allegations. I don't either. I thought what you said was really funny. It sucked. I was, it's a joke, but I, I am know. sorry if, you know, so, so I don't want anyone to get eaten. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no one needs to. No, I wouldn't want that. But, no. I, but the, the same point is like, I couldn't find anything about it. And I still can't. Yeah. So Mason just first, I got a ton of emails and then Betty called me. She's like, She's like, I can't find, we looked online together, my manager, and I couldn't find anything about it, really. I knew he dropped, he got dropped by his agency and he got dropped on a movie or something. Okay. And it was about like some DMs he sent somebody on Instagram. I'm like, I don't think DMs are going to hurt. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Well, I that, don't care. That's what I heard. There's something about DMs. Like he said some weird shit about DMs. Yeah, but I know in this town has a fucking fetish of some kind, but like, yeah. they're not actually eating people. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very confused and I don't really want him to eat my rib cage. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just a joke. And I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Well, I apparently should not make jokes. And it's it's actually quite the funny headline because it says, (laughs) Brandy says that Army can eat her rib cage. I'm like, just, it's so random. We had run out of body parts. Like we had, we, we, what else could there have been? So. Yeah. Um, well, you type your name in now or his name and it is like the first thing that comes up. I do think we make a cute couple when we're like next oh. to each other. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, very <laughs> cute. <laughs> I still I'm going to do some further investigation into what he did that was I mean, cheating on your wife, like obviously is wrong, and that's something I don't condone. And I don't mm-hmm. condone cannibalism, but I don't know what he did else why somebody betty said she said he was burying bodies i don't think that that's the case because she found something online that said something about that but he would be in jail yeah i mean they must not have proof i don't know i don't know that's something that we don't even know i don't know anything all i know is it was a fucking joke and yeah i'm trying to i'm just like (laughs) there you go this is the first thing that came up what the hell is going on with Army <laughs> That was my, that was the first YouTube search that, or well, what Google is? search. Like, I don't even know. I know. I remember it's he a sucked GQ his, article. His kid sucked his toe. That was a little off. <clears throat> remember that? It was a while ago. What? A kid sucked his toe? His own kid. Like, they, they posted a picture of his kid sucking his toe. And, like, I just think feet are gross. But oh. I remember that. Like, I just thought he was just kind of vanilla. And then I'm like, oh, he's got a dark side. A yeah. Sexy. And then now okay. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm reading a quote here. He did say, I am 100% a cannibal. He allegedly wrote in one, t- allegedly wrote in one text message exchange, I want to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. I'm, not, I'm holding my rib cage. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Another quote. I'm not responding to any of these bullshit claims he said in a statement to Variety, but in light of the vicious and 
Okay. Oh, lots of the online attacks against me. I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican. Okay, whatever. Um, do, 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 do. I'm just trying to find like what right. they're- Like where did he abuse or hurt someone? Yeah. <clears throat> if somebody DM me, I'm a cannibal, I probably would just not get back to them. <laughs> I would ignore that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I don't think I would engage. Okay, at first the post seemed obviously fake. All-American leading man army hammer out there asking to eat people just for kicks. He was fun-loving kids, feature car. Okay, but then things started to get real. Hammer declined to address the rumors, but yesterday 34-year-old announced he would be stepping down from his upcoming role. Uh, yeah, no, he's, it's not saying what- It doesn't is say going- any, there's no like real proof of any like people abuse allegations. I, I don't know. At least not in this article, but yeah, I, Anything I'd seen, I kind of just read the headline and just thought it was just uh, funny. <laughs> I don't read all. Of, I, I'm, I'm, I am. What do you call it? I do headline porn. I do. I'm not yep. gonna lie. I don't yep. like to read the entire thing. Um, but you know, if I offended, if I if there was abuse to someone, I would never want that in a million years. But if a guy just has a creepy fantasy, then he sh- and doesn't follow through with eating people, then I'm okay with it. Just a funny sentence. Yeah. I know. My friends are like, oh, that is the weirdest headline I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, well, you guys, I ran out of body parts. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, well, what are you going to do? Anyway, thanks for clearing that up because I was really <laughs> curious about it. Uh, so today you talked to Ian and. Uh, Ian he just wrote a book. He's in an actual thruple. Um, I, do you know people- anyone in a thruple? No, I, I know like people you that would. said that they've been in thruples okay. in the past, but I don't know, not an actual thruple. No, I know people that bring other people in and like mm. a lot, <laughs> but <Right>. different people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, no actual real like relationships, more just sexual encounters. I know. They've been together. They have kids now. That's awesome though. They can, when the babies are getting irritating or something here, like they have that, three. Where I know. Always oh, someone oh. that can like. Yeah. And like, yeah. And that's three times the income. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and like, they seem like they're really like happily together and all about the kids. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. 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 I hope anyway. that they buy new vaginas for their surrogates because I don't think they really think about that. I'm what? happy to have informed them though. <laughs> I guess. You just uh, yeah. get to the interview. Okay. Yeah. Let's play it. Yeah. Goodbye, Ryan. All right, guys, today on Brandy Glenville Unfiltered, I'm going to be speaking with a real life thruple and an author and a surgeon and all these other things. I'm like a shrink and then a zoo keeper, and it's going to be a fucking shit show. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome, Ian Jenkins. Ian, yes, but yeah, thank you. Hey, I did it anyway. <laughs> we just did this, right? I know because I don't like the other one. I'll just say that. And so I just did it on accident. Yeah, damn it. Well, congratulations on your new book. Thank you. Uh, we're really excited about it. It comes out on the 9th of next month. Wow, that's amazing. And I was reading, um, you guys have two babies. Uh, yeah, one and three now. So oh my gosh. they are growing up every day. 
Oh, but you know, I always say that it takes a village to raise children and you guys actually have a village. We did it. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it makes a huge difference. If anyone out there has kids that are young or they're thinking about having kids, get yourself an extra boyfriend. It is fantastic. I mean, seriously, I thought about it. I'm like, this is the best possible situation because I know even when I was married, my husband would go to work and I was like there with two toddlers and I'm going, what the fuck? This is so hard because it is really, I think being a parent is like the most difficult job to bring up proper humans. Yeah. I can't imagine being a single parent, but I got to say that, you know, like when we had our first, not only was she a great kid, but we had me, my partner, my other partner and the biological mother of the kids and grandparents available, and no wow. one was ever tired. I mean, that's amazing. I, like, I just keep on thinking to myself, if you have those extra hands around and you're like at your wits end, you're getting frustrated, you don't wanna do bath time, you're just like, here's your turn, no, it's here, your turn. Like you just have everyone there. So what happened to the, the mother and the grandparents? Are they not in around right now? Uh, well, there's been a lot less contact with everyone just because of COVID, um, but we're delighted that everyone's getting vaccinated. We hope to have the world back to normal soon. We did have our um, biological mom stay with us for about two months, and that was fantastic. She's she's wonderful. The kids love her. It's great having um, her here, um, but she's got her own life uh, in Tennessee, actually, so she's back there now. So we're going to get into a little bit of how you found her, because I know you guys had a lot of struggles when you were attempting to have kids, you know, trying to have kids with IVF and all these other different problems. And then when you decided you all wanted to be on the birth certificate, what was, I mean, it seems like you were in and out of the courtroom quite some, a lot. <laughs> well, the courtroom, the whole courtroom experience lasted about 45 minutes, but on the way to the courtroom, we met about 5,000 different lawyers and that was a pretty painful and expensive process. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Laura, I, I, I know you're a doctor. I love doctors. I dislike lawyers. It is what it is. I mean, some of them, it's fine. I just, I just don't, I've had bad experiences, but yes, they're very expensive. Uh, they can be. Yeah. You know, I've met some crazy doctors and we all have off days. So I met fantastic lawyers as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I know some fucking batshit crazy doctors, that's for sure. And they're all like, um, ER doctors and I don't, they're on more drugs than most people that are on drugs. Pro tip, if you need drugs from a doctor, anesthesia has the highest rate of substance abuse, but that's pretty much, I'm not blaming the anesthesiologist. No, it's good to know. It's like a PSA. It's like right there. So everybody else, we don't even see the meds. The nurses get them. We order them, but the nurses deliver them. So we don't even see them. Okay. I'm just going to go off subject for a minute, but I don't understand the fentanyl. Like, why do people take it? Because I, I thought it was something you mix drugs with. Fentanyl is like super, super, super potent morphine and people are only taking it because they buy it from a street drug and they don't know what's in what they're buying. It's actually really sad. We're losing something like 50 to 70,000 Americans a year from opioid and other drug overdoses. And the synthetic opioids are driving a lot of that. Uh, Good to know. I just was always wondering, I'm like, why are people taking this if it's killing them? Because it just seems like every day it's fentanyl and something else. So I was, that's curiosity. Um, I, you guys told me not to ask about sex, so I totally am going to, Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep it, um, a little bit PC, a little bit, but as soon as I heard thruple, I was like, I need to know how does it work? Is it two tops and a bottom, two bottoms on a top? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Or how did it, how did you guys become a thruple? Cause it said that you and the, the shrink, I know I, people don't like that word. And oh. then Troy were his, you guys are Troy's partners. 
No? Uh, Jeremy. So yeah. So Jeremy, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been Alan's partner longer and Jeremy has been with us for eight years now. Um, and uh, the question was, how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm curious because it, on your bio, it said that you were with Alan yep. and then you guys were Jeremy's partners. Yeah. We, we all started dating. So there's lots of different ways to do this. There are some people that are in a throuple and it's like um, a woman that has two boyfriends and the boyfriends are not involved. Um, there's others where there's uh, a man and a woman or, or two women or um, two men and a woman and they're like bisexual. So they're all in a relationship. When you've got gay guys, it's a, it's, it's a little bit simpler to make all the pieces fit together because, um, you know, obviously we're compatible in that way. Um, but how do we start a throuple? Well, like many, many, many discussions uh, over the years about how we, um, especially me, I guess this was kind of my idea, just don't really think that we're um, uh, monogamous animals. And speaking of animals, I agree. animals are, uh, are now attacking the house. So um, <laughs> uh, my partner's taking care of them right now. Oh, no um, so um, I want to tell a funny story from like way back when I was like, I think 18 still. And I had a girlfriend Ooh. and she had been raised um, in a very traditional and evangelical uh, background. And um, she, you know, offhand made a comment that um, like, what would be the point of having a threesome? Because you'd have two people having sex and someone else would just be watching. And I said, hold on, <laughs> let's <laughs> think of all the different things that could happen. And so I just got out a pen and paper and I started writing and I came up with something like, um, I think 70 possibilities. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I could like, but, I, I, I met some guys before COVID. They're like, Hey, so you want to come home with us? It was a gay couple and play six hands. I mean, I immediately knew like there was just so many things that we could do, but I was like, I'm going to pass. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I could think of a million things you could do, <laughs> but that said, how do you guys, are you guys monogamous with one another? Cause I kind of feel like monogamy is not a real thing either. I, th I think it's almost impossible. I watched the nature channel, you know, you, you watch the nature channel. So, um, what are your favorite species? <laughs> Well, I know birds are assholes. They like to go and have little nests all over and be like, like have a hundred baby daddies. Um, but I don't I really don't like birds. They bother me. Um, I love elephants, but I don't know if that's a species or like, yeah, no, I don't know. Species. Is it? All right. So elephants, I love penguins, obviously, especially gay ones. Especially gay penguins. Yeah. They're mon monogamous for life. So I find them so interesting. Did you know that? You know, I did not know. I thought they were monogamous for the season. I thought the mm -hmm. albatross was the monogamous bird. I could be wrong about this, but it's pretty uncommon in the natural world. Well, I went to college and you're just a doctor. So I'm kidding. I didn't actually go to college. I, I am not a biologist here, but we do have a zookeeper on hand. So that's true. I probably know the least out of all of us. I was just making it up because um, I just do that sometimes. So how, you guys have been together, all three of you for eight years. That's right. Okay. And who's in charge? Uh, of what is the question? So um, basically there's usually like an alpha. Yeah. Well, um, we all have our spheres of influence and, um, you know, I don't think that there is sort of anyone that is in charge <laughs> of the family. Um, I'm going to say that Jeremy's the best parent and he probably gets like a little extra weight for his parenting boats, but it's actually really cool to have three people because sometimes I'm being crazy or defensive or argumentative or stupid and the other two are like, hey, it's not just a one-on-one -on -one here. Like there's two people telling you, you've got this wrong and you need to pay attention yeah. to that. And so like, that's why they have odd numbers of judges on panels. 
So like, if you're getting extra boyfriends, skip the four, go straight to five. That way there will never be a deadlocked, um, jury. jury. wrong about this. That was not a nice thing to do. And then they're like, okay, well, I have to accept that. Oh, that's nice. And so you decided to write the book. It was, or all of you thought we need to tell this story. Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of pushed Alan down the road to Thruppledom and the book idea was mine as well. I've, um, I've been a, like a writer on some level since the fifth grade when I started doing it for fun. Um, but I thought like, this is, this is something that actually is important in some ways. We wanted people to know, um, about the family for two reasons. One is that we want everyone to know that love makes a family. And that when you actually get to know us, we're really actually kind of ordinary and boring, Um, And we're taking fantastic care of our kids. We're really raising them with a lot of thought um, and love and making sure that their experiences are as good as they can be. Uh, And that matters more than the genders or the number of people um, that are in the family. So that was lesson number one. Lesson number two is um, there are other chosen families out there. So poly families or, you know, unique arrangements of different types. And we wanted them to know that there are increasing opportunities for them to get legal protections for their family. Because it wasn't just to like say like, we got a birth certificate, we're cool too. It was for concrete reasons to protect our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, down the road, they're going to need that, you know, for identification, to get a driver's license, you know, for different things you obviously, well, now you need, yeah, you need a lot of things. But how did you guys decide whose sperm to use? Um, well, so before we get to that, the, the biggest thing for me is actually, um, you know, you get a driver's license with any birth certificate or, or other things, but what we needed them was, um, for was that they're basically their safety. So I have like a pension through my hospital and if I got killed and none of us are married, the pension just disappears and mm-hmm. my kids don't benefit from that but because I'm a legal parent. Now my pension would go to my kids. And so that's a huge concrete thing that would happen for our family that we needed the birth certificates for. Another one is like, if the kids get sick and we need to go to a hospital, especially in a state that's not as friendly as California, we might be unable to like visit or be considered someone who could sign a consent because if we're not legal parents, like who are you? You're just a legal nobody. Like I almost ended up a legal nobody to my own children, which would not have been okay. So those are some of the reasons why we really felt like we had to have that. Um, But you had asked whose sperm did we use? Um, yeah, I'm just curious. We said, let's do all three. Let's do a third of the eggs. Um, on our first extraction, we got how many eggs? 11, 11 eggs. And I said, you know, it, ma- it mattered more to the others that they potentially be biologic parents. And so I said, why don't you get the, you know, the first and the dibs, second dibs, that sort of thing. But then we just, um, we just all got about a third. And we decided we wanted to raise a girl first because true Aww. story, listeners, girls are smarter. Yes. You're faster. And we were like, you'd be a better older sibling. So we wanted one of those first. And we said, if we get a healthy girl, we'll start with that. And that turned out to be Jeremy's daughter, biologic daughter. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I do think girls are, I always have two boys. I love them, but they're simple creatures. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm so happy. I don't have girls because I'm so dramatic. Could you imagine a a little me? I'm like, Oh my God, I would kill myself. Um, I've dated a number of those simple creatures too, but not my partners. They're, uh, they're non-simple. Well, I mean, I think most of the straight guys I know is my kid, my kids, my dad, they're just like, they want food, they want sleep, they want sex. And that's kind of it. <laughs> they're not like, I just say like, I'm basically, I love them to death, but they're just simple. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just mean, when I go to see my nieces, like I really have to think and I have to deal with the drama and the emotions. And like, I'm a dude chick and that's weird in a, a lot of ways, but I was born a woman, but I feel, and I'm very girly, but I feel like I, 
I'm like one of the boys. There you but go. I also so have a ton of girlfriends. I know some good doctors if you want to transition. I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty happy with what I'm at. But I just, I couldn't imagine like doing hair for someone else every day and doing barrettes and bows and all of that. I would go crazy. I didn't think I would either. But um, now I, I do that for my daughter. Uh, Jeremy's yeah. better at it. But uh, I do it regularly. So Jeremy's uh, a better parent and he's better at hairdressing. Yes, that is true. Okay, got it. And is Alan good at anything? <laughs> well, Alan is actually really good. He's the psychiatrist. So he has all this relationship and child psychology training. Like he's literally a child development expert to have in the house to tell us, you know, in what ways we could raise the kids better uh, and make their experiences better and set them up for success in life. So that's, that's, that's huge. Amazing. You credit for that. Yeah. Uh, and he has all these other amazing talents. Like he has self-taught uh, guitar and piano without a single lesson. He's just like, I'm going to do this. And he went out and did it. So uh, there's that. And he's the one too, that can solder copper pipe behind the wall and put your shower back together and rewire mm -hmm. your microwave behind the, the walls. And um, yeah, he fixes all the stuff. So. Nice. And you both, you and he can both write prescriptions. That is correct. Do you, are you, is there a request coming? Well, I just, when it said psychiatrist, like I look at my therapist, this is a psychiatrist because uh -huh. I know that he can write what I need. That's all I'm saying. This is there awesome. You, you guys, I mean, obviously I know that you would never do that, but I'm just saying, you never know. It's nice to have someone in the family, especially with little kids. Like I said, my, one of my best friends is an ER doctor and you know, I, the kids have had every single thing wrong over the years, you know, like the, the whooping cough, like everything. So it's always nice to pick up the phone and have, and I'm pretty aware of like him, like they have a fever. He's got, you know, it's green snot. I think he has an ear infection and then let's get some antibiotics. So it's just nice to know that you're not like going to urgent care at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Just to get a prescription. Yeah, that that is actually really convenient. I mean, it's also nice to have like the car mechanic in the home because mm -hmm. sometimes you need that help, but medical stuff's kind of important and having a couple people around that are familiar with it uh, is not a bad thing, so. No, that's amazing. Um, and did your throuple, how do you say, like, did your co-parenters, did they help with the book or was that all you? Um, my partners, um, they did help with the book. So I, I wrote it and they provided input. They reminded me of things. They shared memories and they gave me feedback on everything because um, it's a first time effort for me. I mean, I, I've written other books, but it's the first one that I got published and uh, it's a big learning experience. And so you have to you have to rely on other people to give you feedback yeah. on something like that. So you, you, even great writers, and I'm not saying that I am one, but even great writers need to hear from their editors and from their readers because um, you don't know what the experience is like for somebody else. You do your best, but you got to go with the feedback too. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I've written a couple books myself and I, I always say like, you need to have lived life and, and like have some, like, somebody to bounce off of or say, this is your idea or send it to your editor. And she's like, okay, I need more words on this. Like, I just don't think you just sit in a corner and write it by yourself unless it's a novel and it's like mine are different. Um, but dating yeah, no. and, sorry, drinking and dating and drinking uh, and, and tweeting. Am I missed? Drinking and tweeting and drinking and dating. Yeah. They're <laughs> pretty simple, <laughs> but fun, quick reads. But I did have a badass editor both times. And, you know, they give you homework. They read what you wrote, they give it back to you. And they're like, okay, we need more on this. Can you give me like, explain more about this? And without them, I would have just like, here you go. This is what I have. You know, I think it, again, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited for you. This is awesome. Like you're so accomplished a doctor. And now you're a, a, a writer, a published writer. It's so hard to get a book published these days. 
It's a, it was a weird experience. Yeah. I was used to my whole medical training was like, if you pass enough tests, then they'll give you a spot at the next thing, medical school, residency, whatever. But yeah, this was very different, but uh, I learned a lot from it and I really appreciate the whole process and, and all the help that I've had along the way. The help that I want to emphasize the most, because we haven't really talked about this yet is the help of the women. Oh, nice. The women were amazing. So, um, our mama, Megan, our egg donor, she like gave up her body and had medicines injected and then had to have, uh, eggs removed through a needle put into her body so that we could have children and has been a fantastic resource since our surrogates, Delilah and Leticia, amazing people, um, let us occupy part of their body for nine months. Um, difficult birth for the first one, the babies were big kids. Um, and, uh, that's just an incredible gift. We can never thank them enough. And then there were just all sorts of other people along the way. One of the nurses at Piper's hospital heard our story, you know, wasn't involved in our care, but sought us out and said, you know, I'm an overproducer of breast milk. Would you like a year's worth of breast milk? We were like, what the what? And we're like, yes, give us that. And so Piper, even though she has three dads, got to have breast milk for the first year of her life. And that's just like an incredible gift. And she just did it because she's awesome. So, um, so many people like that. Um, and then everyone that stops to help us, uh, if you're at an airport and you've got a kid that cries, it seems like 98% of those people, um, are women and sometimes it's a couple, but, um, women are great. And it's kind of really opened my eyes to, uh, the fundamental importance of the mom (laughs) in society. We wouldn't really have gotten very far. Uh, I'm not sure why they're not in charge of everything. I think they should be. We're getting there. <laughs> we have Kamala now. So Kamala, Kamala, I can't, I can't say it. Kamala, yeah, yeah. We're super excited about that. Yeah, we're getting there. We're, hopefully, I've been watching the impeachment trial all day. And so and my little, my, my son went for his driver's license. So I'm like super high anxiety today because I just couldn't, it's just a lot of info to take in all in this one little, you know, yeah. situation. I think um, I would have a stroke doing that. Unless I had one of your bottles of Chardonnay. I mean, I could share with you, but it's not even out anymore. So, oh, I did not know that. No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I've moved on to vodka and tequila, oh. and I've realized oh. that tequila makes me fucking crazy. And I should just <laughs> like, I literally need to limit myself. I mean, I, it's like a different high than wine or vodka. Okay. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like jacked for Jesus. It's great, but I'm gonna maybe there's something in the limes they're using. I'm not sure. But um, maybe you never know, but when, since you had really big babies, are you guys going to pay for the vaginal rejuvenation situation? Um, we have not been directly asked about that. The book goes into some details about how this was a difficult process for our first surrogate. I think it's a difficult process for any mom. Sucks. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, that hasn't come up yet, but thanks for asking. Uh, we well, will I, inquire immediately. Yeah. So when I did mine, it was 12,500. So figure probably 15,000 with inflation each. So you're looking at 30 G's. Just letting you know, start saving. <laughs> maybe we can make it a reality TV show and then we can recoup. Yeah, maybe. I'll ask them, I'll ask them if they're interested. So did you guys ever think about like, why don't we just close our eyes and try to have sex with a woman instead of doing like the expensive side? You know, the, the joke that I've made a number of times is that we wanted to be parents and we kept trying, but for years and years and years, it wasn't working, you know? So we thought one of us was infertile, um, but it turned out we were just guys. Um, <laughs> like guys? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I've dated uh, women, so um, there wouldn't have been like any nose holding about that <laughs> for me. Well, but I mean, so you're not a gold star. Children, so. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's for me. other hurdles that you because it says that you guys had quite a hard time in your um little bio that you guys sent over so 
Was it just getting people to accept, like in schools and stuff, accept that there are there are three dads? Like, I mean, I know some people here that would just be not have a serious problem with that. Hmm. I, not me, not my my friends here, but people, <clears throat> Trump supporters, basically. Go on. Well, um, you know, in school and in our works and our friend circles, everyone thinks it's great. Full Good. stop. So, uh, and families are on board, all the grandparents visit, the kids are super lucky instead of like a couple grandparents, now they have seven. So um, that's like a bonus uh, for everyone. Um, you know, the, the, the issues we had, we had some medical challenges. We had a difficult birth where we were really frightened about losing Piper, or at least I was, um, was terrified actually. But actually one of the stories I wanna tell you is when our doctor tried to kind of backstab us a little bit. So we were in our first doctor's office and they, uh, she said she wanted to have a meeting with us and sort of discuss that. And we're like, well, sort of what, what is this? That yeah. We knew that there would be an issue with um, Zika because this was the time of the big Zika scare. And we had already talked about that. And our doctor had said, it's cool. Your uh, surrogate's from Argentina, but she's not from an area that's affected. So like, it's cool. We'll do a test and you can proceed. So we didn't really know what the meeting was going to be. We go into this meeting and there's like this person sitting behind us watching our backs, which was creepy, who wouldn't identify herself. And the whole thing was strange. And then the doctor's like, we can't do this. You're your uh, egg donor has to quarantine in the United States for like two months. And I'm like, that's not what you told us before. Why is this changing? And the doctor says, I got this advice from an expert. And this is when I got crazy lucky with what happened. So, cause I'm a doctor and this is what happened. Um, I said, what expert? And they're like, well, I don't remember the name. I was like, well, what institution? And they said, UCSD. I'm like, that's my hospital. <laughs> um, was it a man or a woman? And they were like, oh, it was a woman. I was like, did, the, did this person have an Italian accent? And they were like, uh, yep. And I'm like, yeah, that's Dr. Scaligari. Um, she's my friend. And I spoke to her for 30 minutes yesterday about this. And she said everything was fine and we could proceed without any testing. So you're telling me now that she told you we couldn't proceed? And the doctor just clammed up because she had actually told us this elaborate lie about this quarantine requirement and got caught in it by the only person in the world who had spoken to that doctor the day before about Zika risk. And that was like the craziest coincidence. We had to bail on that doctor. Jeremy got us a new doctor, um, like within several days who was super understanding and kind. And we were like, dude, why were we not with you the whole time? Uh, but did but she do it? Did no. the doctor that lied, did she do that? Because she thought what you guys were doing was wrong? Why did she, what was her purpose behind lying? So I will say to that, we can be pretty sure no, because we had already done implantation cycles at that point. Why things changed, I believe that it related to um, risk management from the, the group that they were in telling them they needed to do it. And they, instead of telling us like that people just freaked out and their lawyers had said not to, to do it the way we had planned, they just sort of created the story and tried to pass it off as medical advice. Um, but this is super frustrating. Like you don't think your doctor's gonna lie to you. And so we were really disappointed. No matter what, <laughs> no, I don't. But I mean, there are some doctors that like to beat around the bush a little bit. I mean, not you, obviously, but or they don't want to say, by the way, I, your husband's actually cheating on you because <laughs> well, it's a long story. But yes, I think that there's some doctors that um, maybe they're overly cautious, you know, and they don't want to say if there's a 1% chance that this couldn't have happened or something bad could happen, like you said, the risk management, maybe that's their like, oh, well, we're just going to be really, really, really cautious. But yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, why else would she do that? It was super weird. We actually were concerned that it had to do with our sexual orientation a little bit because the, um, 
the previous embryos that we had done had been um, adopted. And um, we wondered if it had to do with us creating embryos. And when we found our new doctor, the first thing that doctor told us was like, you know, there was this other gay couple that um, also tried to get care at that clinic and was told they were too complicated, even though they had like, you know, young men, a young, healthy surrogate and a young, healthy egg donor. So like, what is, that's just IVF. Like what's complicated about that. Yeah. Um, and so the, that gay couple left the, the clinic we were with and went to the doctor that we used and had a great experience too. And again, small world, super small coincidence. One of the two people in that relationship is um, a colleague from my work and they're like actually our neighbors. So like, it's, <laughs> how does all this stuff happen? But everything kind of fell together um, and it really gets back to the gifts of the women. Cause as you mentioned, this is not a risk-free uh, activity. Mm -hmm. Like there's risk to the mom. There's always a risk of something going wrong. And I feel like just incredibly indebted to, um, the gifts that they gave us. Yeah. And how did you go about finding the women? Well, um, Megan is actually Alan's friend from like when they were like six or seven years old, they've been buddies oh. forever and ever. And, um, yeah, we just were sort of discussing the issue with her and it, it just sort of was, she was like, huh, maybe let me think about that. And then she did that and, and sort of realized that it would be a good fit and that she could trust us to raise her kids and that she wasn't in a spot to be uh, a mom herself. And this was her chance to be a parent too, yeah. um, semi-remote. So it actually worked out great for all of us. Oh, that's amazing. And then the two surrogates, you said you had two, another surrogate, but how did you find the other ones? Uh, so, um, our first surrogate was a good friend okay. uh, or coworker of Alan's, um, that he that was, was sort of discussing our situation. And she also just sort of volunteered and she said something to the effect of, I want to do this for you. Uh, I think it's really important that you become parents. It'll make you better people. It'll bring more love into the world. And that's just something we all need more of. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> so nice. So, um, she was like this super fantastic uh, guide for our process. She was almost like our cheerleader because it wasn't easy and there were setbacks, um, but she stuck with us and encouraged us to keep going. And we have kids as a result. Um, other surrogate we did find through an agency and we had like misgivings about that because we were, you know, you know, it was like, is, is this going to be distant? Can we trust them? Are they just in it for the money? Uh, will they essentially be a stranger having her baby, which feels kind of weird. Um, but she actually turned out to be fantastic too. And we are good friends with her now. We would, want to be seeing her more about pandemic issues right. are preventing that, but hopefully that'll end soon. And she has this amazing family. Um, and it's also just really cool for me to be able to explain to our two kids that um, one of the two surrogates is a black woman and that that makes no difference. And for my kid to see, we read Michelle Obama's Becoming and Aww. she pointed to the cover and she's like, look, look, it's Letitia on a book. Letitia's on the book because she looks a little bit like Michelle Obama to oh, three year old. So super cute. And I, I just think it's like super important for me to have, um, you know, all these people involved so that the kids know that they were loved and wanted um, and that, you know, love makes a family and it doesn't matter what gender they are, what color they are, what religion they are. Our first surrogate um, was Jewish. Like it's all good. Like as long as you take care of each other. That's yeah, no, it is. And it's a great message moving forward, especially in the, the climate that we're in right now. It's like love is love. It's all we need. And, and that's, that's really all we need. Yeah. Of course we need the basics, food and water and, and shelter, but I think that too many people get into too many, like, oh, I want to make sure that the baby has blonde hair and blue eyes and this and this. And I want to make sure that the dad or whoever is college educated. And I'm just like, you know what? Just we're all different. It's just, it's like, we're not doing designer babies here, people. Um, but moving forward, it's just, I think it's great. It's a great conversation. Just the fact that she has three dads, they have three dads 
and they're of mixed race. So I think that's awesome. It is super cool. This is a metaphor. This is my carving project. It took me many years. And the metaphor I want to tell you is um, building our family was like doing this piece of art. It took a long time. It was difficult. But if you plot away at it, you can have your chosen family. um, And it was a great experience. And now we have these beautiful kids. Oh, well, congratulations. um, It's really a beautiful piece of art. Jeremy's going to limp over to the chair here. Okay. Uh, I, 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 tore my, I tore my Achilles tendon playing pickleball with three women in their 60s and 70s. They are and you, Wait, you got hurt when they're I, all in yeah, their 60s yeah. and 70s? The little women like helped me. I'm six foot five and they helped me hobble off. We all heard like my Achilles tendon go and then they helped me hobble off. So, oh my, that's a, I have Most a few friends. Take pickleball seriously though. It's a, it was an intense sport. It doesn't sound intense. I don't know the, the game, but... <laughs> Just give uh, this to me, please. It was that? Just give this to me. It was intense. So, but luckily you can, you guys have pain pills all over. No, I'm just, just kind of joking. <laughs> um, so tell me about how did you, um, well, obviously I, Ian, oh my God, I almost did it again. Ian and you had met first, correct? Uh, yeah, but just the day before. So, um, I was raised a pastor son from Montana and could not tell you what the fuck a thruple was <laughs> at all. Uh, oh, can I say that? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so I was working for the San Diego Zoo out in Hawaii at the time, and I met a thruple. They were out there on vacation, and they were Broadway actors, and they're like young and attractive, dynamic, and they're super open about their relationship. So I was friends with them while they're while they're in Hawaii for a month, and by the end, I was like, oh, you know, it's not for me, but I, I see the appeal. Like I see all yeah. the for it. And then I moved to San Diego and within six months, I, uh, I had met Ian. So I, we met online on like a, a dating site and, you know, his, his profile said nothing about he had a partner or was in a relationship. It was just like, oh, he's really sexy. And look at his, like, he has big muscles and he's a doctor. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh, he's into me. Like, this is awesome. So we're chatting away. And then at the very end, he's like, well, my partner and I would love to meet you. And I was like, What? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were interested in, in dating. And he was right. like, no, my, my partner and I are open to the idea of dating someone else. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not into that at all. But then he said, oh, that's fine. Well, you still seem cool. So do you want to just meet and we can be friends or whatever? And I said, sure. So he and I went to lunch the next day just to make sure that we were real and not fake or anything. Right. And then the day after that, I went to their house for dinner. And we actually call that our anniversary because we were basically inseparable from then on. Like it really was, Ian and I didn't totally connect at first. That took like three or four months, but Alan and I connected instantly. Um, We were actually like total angels because we didn't even have sex the first time we met. Like we were like, like it was like a serious, it felt like a a total angel. I mean, was it the second time? But anyway, we'll look at, we won't talk about sex. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so the beginning of thruppledom is difficult because your feelings develop at different times. So like, yeah. I remember like Alan was saying, I love you to me. And I was like, oh my God, I think I feel that too, but I'm not sure Ian likes me that much. And so the beginning is a little bit stressful just because naturally your insecurities, feelings, right? Yeah, your feelings develop at separate times, but, um, you know, the positives far, far outweigh the negatives. And it really is like, you know, I always say like, it's not for everyone, but if you're able to try it, like I highly recommend it. No, I mean, I've, I think that the, it would be great to, I just don't know if I could, like you said, have this, have like 
if feelings are developing at different times, I'm a very jealous person. Very like I'm a Scorpio. Like I will slash your tires. <laughs> um, so, and I did, I've done that before. Um, I just don't know. I feel like I would, I, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I just don't know if it would be for me, even though I think, especially raising kids, I would have wanted that. Yeah. The beginning was difficult because, uh, they had been together for nine years when I met them. So it was very much like I'm coming into something and then, you know, there was a, I mean, they're two doctors and I'm a zookeeper. So there was a mismatch in our finances. And so it felt a little like I was very conscious of like, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just like wanted some sugar daddies and that's it. So I remember like the first several years I was super strict about like, I want to keep our finances separate. I moved into their house, but I was like paying them rent to live here, even though we were like all in a relationship. Cause I was just very like nervous about like, oh, I'm I get like, that. I'm a, I'm a strong independent woman and I don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think it should all be relative. They need, they're two doctors. They're by the book. They need a crazy zookeeper. Exactly. Like, and, trust me, like let them pay for everything. <laughs> well, I do now. As soon as oh, we got good. pregnant, I was like, uh, you know, it was actually Alan that suggested it, but as soon as we got pregnant, it was like, okay, it's time to just have joint finances because we're yeah. having kids now and this, and I will say that's much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love spending other people's money. It's the only time I'm having fun spending money, but it doesn't happen exactly. anymore. Exactly. But, yeah. um, well, I'm so happy for you guys. And I wish maybe one day I will lose my crazy jealousy and I'll be in a throuple. I don't know. You never know, but it was so good to meet you. Yeah. You as well. Come down and have dinner with us in San Diego. You'll see they're like, Oh yeah. Like this is worth getting over like the little weird things and you'll give it a try. I, I well, my best friend lives in La Jolla. And once she allows me to come over, cause she, I mean, I'm not seeing anyone right now, like as far as like friends and stuff, but she's, I'm going to go, can't we meet at a park? Like she's my best friend in the whole world. She's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> fuck well, you. We're all but, vaccinated. So you're good. Come on over. I'm not vaccinated yet, but I will at some point. Hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. But um well, right, well, nice great. meeting you yeah, and have a great okay. night. You as well. Pass you All back right. over. Um, but it was super nice talking to you. And tell people or how are they gonna find your book? Um, you can find the book anywhere books are sold uh, on the ninth. So you go to Barnes and Noble, you can go to Amazon, you can go to independent uh, booksellers. Um okay, so, Amazon. so it is on Amazon because I like yeah. everyone loves it on Amazon. So yeah, yeah. three dads and a baby. Oh, I love it. Well, congratulations. And I look forward to meeting you guys in person. Awesome. See you. All right. right, Bye guys. Well, Ryan, I hope you learned a lot about vages and babies (laughs) and throuples and all the good stuff. Did it inspire you to want to be in a throuple? I don't think so. I think that I'm too jealous. If you, okay. If you were to do a throuple, Mm -hmm. would it be an, like two women, a guy and another girl, two guys, what would be your preferred thruple? I mean, preferably yeah. a guy and a girl. So you yeah. have both. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, who cares? Who knows? All right. Play it. Okay. Here it comes. Don't eat people. It's not good. Just eat food from your neighborhood. Eat local be local. Eat local be local. Eat local be local. <laughs> Just eat food from your neighborhood. What a great eat local commercial. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download new episodes every week, and if you haven't already, subscribe. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. And while you're at it, check out some of the other great shows available on Straw Hut Media. <laughs>